Hi, Jim Kosho here from Dunn Lumber. Welcome to the Dunn Solutions Podcast, where we're committed to providing cutting-edge industry knowledge for the building contractor and trade professional. Today we'll hear from Andy Hale with Kebony. Kebony is a modified wood manufacturer that produces environmentally friendly, sustainable softwood lumber. Kebony's patented process uses a plant-derived waste product to enhance the lumber's durability, stability, and hardness, resulting in a modified softwood lumber with premium hardwood characteristics and rich color. On today's podcast, Andy will discuss the following. The definition and benefits of modified wood, the thermal modification process, how to choose the right Kebney product for your project, home, or climate, how to build with Kebney wood, and provide answers to specific construction-related questions, and how to clean Kebney wood. If you have additional questions for Andy, please email him at ahale at kebony.us. That is A-H-E-H-L at kebony.us or visit kebony.com. For information on future educational events, feel free to email me at jimc at dunlumber.com. And thanks everybody for coming out this morning. We're uh, here to chat about kebony a little bit. And, and the first question people ask is, is what is kebony? Kebony is a modified wood, and I'll be holding up several different pieces here throughout the talk. You can come and touch and feel, and there's some on your, on your tables as well. So you wonder what a modified wood is. A modified wood is a wood that's been uh, scientifically altered. It's been changed on a molecular level. So we're starting out with, in our case, a sustainably grown pine, and we're modifying it with a process called fertilization. Uh, Fertilization is one of three commercially available modified woods uh, on the market and we'll talk about all three just so you're familiar with them and then how, Cab- how Kebony compares to them in certain areas. Um, you know modified woods really came up and it really it really comes back to woods in the outdoors. How do you protect woods in the outdoors and if you can keep wood at 19 percent or less in moisture content, it's a non-food source for rot decay or insects. So the way to do that is keep it dry or modify it. The preserved wood arena has preserved wood with chemicals, pressure treated lumber that we're all familiar with, to repel rot decay and insect damage. But to to actually render the wood as a non-food source, you have to, in the exterior application, you have to modify it to get it to that, to get it to stay less than 19%. So I'll start with um, thermally modified. Everybody thinks ours looks like thermally modified, and it does, um, but it's different. Uh, thermal modification is, is a process that you heat up the wood in a, a very scientifically controlled kiln just to the point before the flash point. So you're, you're thinning the cell wall, you're rendering the wood non-hygroscopic by cooking all the wood sugars and starches out of the wood. It's a, it's a very good science. Uh, it's, it's something that is used a lot. The main comparison in uh, how we like to compare it to cabinet is that it thins the cell wall. Um, you're not adding any density, you're actually decreasing density. You're creating more tension in the wood as well. Although it becomes a very stable product, there is more tension if you're going to reshape the wood in any way after modification. There is uh, a Koya or a acetylated wood, the brand name being a Koya, uh, where you take an acetylic acid, you put it in an acetic acid bath and then rinsing it, and you're changing the wood again on a hygroscopic level. Acetylic acid is basically very highly concentrated vinegar, and so you don't, you don't increase the density through this process. You render the wood very stable. It's actually maybe even a little bit more stable than, than Kebony. Um, it's a very good science. It's a very good product. Uh, it comes out blonde. It goes in blonde. It comes out maybe a little blonder. The process lightens the wood slightly. It doesn't, uh, doesn't increase the density, but does increase the durability quite a bit. 
And then there's fertilization, which is the cabinet, what the process cabinet uses. And we're taking a product called furfural alcohol and we're injecting it into the wood cells as a step one. Step two, we're adding heat, which initializes a polymerization effect, permanently bonding or grafting those two matters together, making one new matter, one permanent change in the wood. The color change that this takes on is, is the wood sugars caramelizing from the heat. And so we're taking a pine, sustainably grown pine, that's you know, grown in 30 years, modifying it in three days, and, and we're thickening that cell wall, changing uh, the size, almost swelling the wood cells against themselves. So we're actually decreasing tension, increasing density, increasing hardness, increasing durability, and giving it as a side, a side effect uh, this incredible color. So uh, it's in our clear grades where we're using a clear sap as a, as a fiber source to start with. The, the process is homogeneous, meaning it's all the way through. So the color changes all the way through. We can reshape this and we'll get into a little bit of that. But that's in essence the three commercially available modified woods that are on the market. All these processes are very expensive. And so um, it kind of leads into the next point of why modified woods. Uh, you know, if, if everybody was happy with the performance or the look of things like pressure treated wood, we wouldn't be st standing here talking about modified woods. Um, if everybody was, if, if you could grow an ipe tree in less than 80 to 100 years, and it was easier to install, and it was more stable after you put it down, we wouldn't be standing here talking today. But uh, to, to get wood to keep its, keep its luster and not create a bunch of uh, maintenance, to keep its good looks, you have to modify it. You have to change its behaviors, and that's what modified woods do. They change the behavior of the wood, and that's a key takeaway is that we're changing the behavior of the wood when you put it outside. And um, if, if pressure treated worked like this, then you wouldn't have a lot of the cracking and checking and warping uh, that has really developed the composite world. You know, composites came around, every one of them seemed to be emulating real wood, but they came around to give a maintenance-free alternative to people who wanted the look and feel of real wood, but without all the headaches and degrading that goes on from just normal wear and tear and weather conditions, especially here in Seattle. Uh, when it compares to things like tropical hardwoods, um, the ecological side of this is important. Like I said before, we can take a sustainably grown pine that's matured in 30 years, modify it in three days, give it the same attributes as something that takes 80 to 100 years to grow. So that's, that's kind of the why we do this. A um, couple of the key attributes that you'll see in some of the literature that you, you have on the tables is the hardness. One of the things we like to point out, how this compares to other woods uh, from a standpoint of workability, durability, uh, how it holds up, how it works, you know, how you, how you deal with it. And the hardness is probably one of the key areas. We're taking something from around, before it's been modified, around 800 on the Janker rating. Janker rating, I'll back up. Now, maybe not everybody's familiar with it. It's a surface hardness test. So we're taking a steel ball bearing, we're pressing it into the surface that we're measuring. When it gets exactly halfway down, we're measuring the PSI it took to get there. So things like Western Red Cedar, it's 350 PSI on the Janker rating. Uh, domestic Oaks, 11, 1200. Kebony, 1600. Ipe, 3800. So you can see that kind of the range uh, that, that uh, is out there and in, in where Kebony stacks up to that. So Kebony's very hard, it's just not so incredibly hard that it's difficult, so difficult to work with. It doesn't require diamond edge tooling 
you're not wearing out a carbide tip blade or drill bit uh, every tenth use like you might with ePay as some of you that use ePay would realize. Um, so it's, it's one of the key areas. The other key area is stability. We're making this uh, product much more stable through this process. Uh, forgive, uh, for instance, uh, ePay, for in, you know, everybody likes ePay. It's beautiful, it's long lasting, it's a, it's a high end wood. But Kebony is much more stable than ePay. So after, after you're putting it down, it doesn't cup as much, it doesn't move as much. Um, you know, the maximum swell movement uh, on ePay is said to be 6%. With Kebony, the maximum swell movement is 4%. So it's 50% more stable in that regard. It's easier to put down when you do put it down. There are fasteners that don't require, as long as you get the knack, I mean we recommend pre-drilling still with a normal fastener. But there are fasteners out there, that, that done stocks, that don't require a, a pre-drilling. They have a tip on them that removes matter instead of just separating it. So it allows, if you allow the screw to do the work, you can, you can get through cavity without pre-drilling it, with the exception of the last three inches. The last three inches of that board is still, um, is still prone to splitting. When we make something harder, we make it more brittle. It's just like with anything. So, you know, uh, where we use cavity, the, the clear grade cavity is pretty versatile. We can change the shape, we can take this stock decking that's stocked right here at the Linwood store and shipped throughout greater Seattle, throughout their other stores. And we can change it into common shapes like shiplap or tongue and grooves. Um, and it's, you know, takes a couple weeks, lead time, adds a little to the cost, but it's a very versatile product. You can, you can shape it into anything. You can mold it, route it, drill it. Um, it's, it, it, it machines very well, it holds a very true edge. Um, so that's kind of the areas, some of the areas that we, we see it used. Uh, there's a very large project that Dunn supplied Kebony on uh, called the Burke, the New Burke Museum that's going up right now. There's a lot of hype about that here in uh, Seattle, which it should be. It's a beautiful facility. It's got a tremendous amount of Kebony going on the outside. That's a different grade. It's called a character grade. But uh, you, should, you should make a point to at least drive by. It's, it's a pretty dramatic <coughs> amount of of nice, beautiful wood on the side of a building, so. So, use, typical uses, claddings, deckings, um, soffits, porch floorings, uh, anywhere that you need stability and durability in wood. We've had people use it indoors. Another Seattle-based company, uh, two, really, uh, Starbucks and Tommy Bahama, have both used it indoor and outdoor where they want a monolithic look and design, where they want the flooring maybe to match the exterior. Tommy Bahama used it in Arizona and in Hawaii uh, as an example, where there really is no interior, where there was missing walls and open window openings, and I'm not sure that happens in Seattle all that often. But, um, so, it's, it's, it can be used interior flooring. The Washington State Convention Center is considering using it as an interior flooring on the new convention center because they're talking about using it as a decking on the outside so they want it to match. Um, it's durability, it's hardness, it's stability are all attractive for interior as well. But it's mainly used on the exterior because of durability and cost. And it, you know, one, the key takeaways on that is that the shape can be changed. It's stocked in a decking for quick use, either as a rain screen or a decking, but it can change shape. So, um, how to install it. The key points of how to install it is, cavity is gonna grow on the edge. It's not so much gonna grow linearly, but on the edge, it's gonna grow. So when you put it down in an exterior format, you want to, you want to have the proper spacing. We recommend a quarter inch unless you're using the camo, the hidden fastener system, if you're familiar with camo. Um, then the, the Marksman Pro, which is the only jig that done stocks, it's the right jig to use on it. Um, that's a 3 16 spacing, but that works well with this product. It works very well with this product. 
actually have a promo going right now on that with this product. So um, it's it's some of the areas that you maybe tend to forget sometimes about proper spacing would be areas like stairs, picture framing. Um, I'm not trying to insult anybody, just trying to open the mind to think that, that any edge, you're coming up against the edge, that edge has to be properly spaced. So, the, uh, the other thing we like to do when you get in front of contractors like this is talk about our, our contractor development program. Um, we, we like to interact with you on a direct level from the standpoint of intelligence in serving your needs from equipping you with, with samples, sample boards, information, um, a, a quick connection of, hey, I got this detail uh, and I need a quick answer on this. It's, it's, it's not the norm and you needed to call someone quick about that knows a lot about Kebony. We're just trying to develop that relationship and give you the support through Dun Lumber um, on that through this program. We also have an incentive uh, to get you to try Kebony for the first time through this program. With a 1,250 lineal foot purchase, uh, we have a, a product called HIDFAST. We don't have it. It's, Dunn has it. It's, it's a pneumatic <coughs> nailer for decking. It's a hidden fastener. It's uh, very fast. It's the fastest hidden fastener system that I've seen, and I travel all over North America doing these. And it works well with Kebony because Kebony is so stable. Um, and it's like a flooring gun nailer, if you will. And, 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 and I'll just say this about the contractor development program because I don't want to bore you with more of it. But if you're interested in knowing more about that or having uh, these samples, any part of that contractor development information, please just drop me your card and we'll, we'll get in touch with you in um, either another group setting like this or one-on-one. -on -one. And, and get you informed about how that could work because it's a it's about a $500 tool retail and uh, um, you get one free with the, your first purchase of 1200 lineal foot so it's a, it's a neat program so um, that's kind of how and why you know I uh, the details of how Kebony is actually um, made you know, the, the step one about the injecting the furfra alcohol, a little bit about furfra alcohol. Furfra alcohol is a, is a plant-based waste. It's, um, all plant life has a certain degree of furfra in it. Sugarcane is very high in concentration, so that industry extracts out the furfra, converts it to alcohol, and that's what we use. So instead of letting it go to waste in their bag S, they extract it out for a byproduct. That's what we're using to modify this wood. So we're taking two natural products, two carbon-based natural products, tying them up in a very practical and long-term use type of a product that can be used for, you know, the, the long life that this product gives, either a cladding or a, a decking. It's a 30-year warranty on this product. It's, it's expected life is a decking or cladding is 50 to 75 years. So it's, it's a very long-term long -term product. So let's see on the questions here if I have, uh, <clears throat> we talked a little bit about the, the cladding options. You know, it's not limited to tongue and groove. Or, or shiplap, it's limited only to your imagination of, of uh, profiles. Again, taking into consideration the, the gapping. For instance, tongue and groove, if you were to run this as a cladding, it might be a challenge unless you ran it as a nickel gap with a little gap between here. It's the only way you're gonna get your blind nailing, um, but you need to let it grow on the edge. That's why shiplap is mostly used, not just with Kebony, but all woods, to allow that expansion and contraction without buckling or making the wood disfigure in any way. So, 
Another question we had here is, uh, can a product decking be stained or painted? Which is a good one, it can. The only reason to do so would be to preserve the color because this, like any wood, will fade. It will fade just with the sun and it'll, it'll gray out just like ePay or any other type of wood. Um, so to maintain the color, um, you can use either natural light penetrating oils like penafin, like you use on an ePay. Um, Dunn actually stocks a product called uh, Penafin for thermally modified wood that actually, in my opinion, looks better on this than thermally modified wood. Uh, it's a, it's a water-based acrylic. It's up to a two-year color retention. So you can, there are good products out there that, uh, that can maintain the color, but that would be the only reason you would need to seal it. You know, the maintenance on this is if you, if you didn't want to maintain the color, it's basically put it up and other than general cleaning, there's no maintenance. And that's the magic of this product. It's stable, it doesn't, it doesn't it's still wood, so it does crack and it does check, it does move, it just doesn't do it to near the degree of non-modified woods. Again, going back, because we're changing that wood's behavior. So uh, the other questions on the sheet were uh, uh, pricing. Pricing, normal pricing on this, uh, I think is around $4.80 a lineal foot done. I think they have a, a June special going on that incorporates either the camo hidden fastening system as well as the, the incentive I talked to you about as a builder for the hid fast system. Um, so something, something to definitely check out. Um, claddings, if you were going to do a different pattern on this, in a rough sense, adds about a buck and a half a square foot. So if this is 10 to $11 a square foot, you know, this is 12 to $13 a square foot on the, on the cladding side. So it's a, it's a very versatile product. It can be you know, a lot of people use it on decking and cladding to give that monolithic look. So, with that, I'll open it up to any questions on the floor. It's, we want to make you as comfortable as we can. Yes, sir. How does it handle mold and lichen? Has, have you ever had people complain? So the the question is, how does it handle mold and lichen? I'm repeating yeah, this for the podcast. Washington, even, GK, even as hard as it is, once it gets lichen, in, you can't get it it's a good question. It, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with, with, with relation to wood or even outdoor surfaces. Those, those organisms grow on them because it's not that they're using the wood as the food source. It's the porosity of the wood or really the surface, like a, even a composite, will start to grow that stuff because as food collects in the porosity of those surfaces, that's what those organisms are. are. Um, we haven't had any abnormal or different. It's gonna still have the same, uh, the same thing that ePay would have or a composite deck would have, with a possible exception if, if you finished it with that water-based acrylic. Again, you're, you're cutting down on that porosity of that wood has that would collect all the food source. So the, the wood or the ePay is not necessarily the food source or the composite. It's what's being collected in the porosity of that. How about, has it ever been used in a sauna type application? So the question is, has it ever been used in a sauna? Um, it has, um, and you know, where people have, the one, the one that I'm aware of, uh, the person was somewhat allergic to um, the smell or the off-gassing of cedar. So they did, that was unpleasant for them. So um, I would, and I, as I suggested to this person, take a piece of this before you do it, put it in the oven, uh, 100 degrees, open up the oven and stick your head close to it and see if it's gonna be offensive to you. You know, we think that, of course we're from Kebony, but we think that Kebony has an aroma versus an odor, so. <laughs> It's, uh, it's something you'd want to make sure of, but yes, it has. It's very stable in that environment. It's, you know, so we like to say it works well from under the equator to the Arctic. 
because we're changing the wood behavior, you know, cedar is very stable. It's just very light and not very hard, and that's why it works well in a, a sauna. And therefore, that's the same reasons. The stability is the same reason that that cabinet would. Good question, though. Yes, sir. This table references three different types of cabinet. Can you speak to the three, and which are we looking at here? Yes. So there's um, there's cabinet clear, radiata. There's cabinet clear, southern yellow pine, and there's cabinet character. So Kebney Clear Radiata is the one that's stocked and that we think does the best in this climate. It's also FSC. So it's, it's uh, it, you, you can be, you can count on that it's been, you know, sustainably harvested. Um, it's, we're starting out with a clear sap. So the, the modification is homogeneous. We're getting a very contemporary smooth look off this that can be reshaped into different products versus a character grade we actually do the end profiling and the character grade prior to the modification. So if you go by the Burke, that's a character grade. You're gonna see the presence of knots, heartwood. It's more rustic versus more contemporary. It's not quite as hard. It's a little less stable. It's still as stable as Ipe. Um, and it's a little less costly. So it's not currently stocked um, here at Dunn yet. Um, but because of projects like that and other interest, there's, there's interest there. We're just, it's early. So uh, the, the clear, the contemporary look that can be reshaped is what's, what's mostly sold and what's available here. So good question. Is the character available by order? The question is the character available by order. Yes, it is. It's about 25% less. The, the, the question was the price point. It's about 25% less than clear. It would just, uh, you would want to plan in some, some lead time at this point, some lead time implications. And then also, you said that there was uh, this uh, alcohol. What did you say it was extracted from? Uh, so the question is, where does the furfur alcohol come from? It is, um, it's extracted, there's two industries really that extract it. Uh, the sugarcane industry, because sugarcane is very high in it concentrated wise, as well as corn cobs are very high in it, so that industry extracts it out. Um, oats, you know, Quaker oats used to extract it out of, out of the oats as well. So, good, good question. Yes, sir. question is, do you have to seal the end cuts? And it's a very good point. You do not on the Kebony Clear, which is this, correct. So on the Clear, uh, it's, a, it's another advantage of using the Clear. Again, the, the, when we're modifying, I, I don't mean to keep repeating this, but we're changing the behaviors, and this behavior is all the way through. So therefore, we don't have to end seal. On the character grade, we do recommend that you end seal the cuts because you, you have exposed heartwood um, in, in Dunn Lumber Stocks, the antifungal um, product right in their store. So it's very easy to get. But in clear, no need. Yes, sir. What's the span on this? The string span? Great question. So the, the question is, uh, what is this span? So for your normal commercial 100-pound load with a three-point, um, the span on this is 16 inches on center. Are there any requirements if you're just like putting down sleepers on a concrete patio where you've got just a little room or you're doing a rooftop deck as far as spacing your ventilation off? That's an excellent point. So the, the question is um, spacing when you have low clearance situations, uh, whether it be the rooftop or a patio that you're covering that's meant. Um, and, and this is a great point to talk about because really because we're changing the woods behaviors, we can get much lower than other products. So it really gets down to the minimum of an inch and a half, not so much from the woods perspective or Kebony's perspective, 
it's the holding power of the fastener. You're starting to run out of the holding power. And so when we say an inch and a half, we could go lower, but the holding power needs to be there. So an inch and a half sleeper right over top of concrete or on a rooftop is plenty for <coughs> Kebony. Um, you know, you still want to make sure that you get the, the drain off to, to not allow the pooling of water. But, you know, from a perspective of comparing it to other products where you need more airflow than that, uh, Kebony is really the, the king of low clearance, if you will. Um, it's, a, it's a great, great application for it. It's lighter than EPE. You said the spacing was 16 OC. If you run diagonal, do you have to space it at 12? You do not. It's a great question. So we just we just missed the 24 inch on center. Uh, the, the question was on a diagonal, do you have to run it um, 12 inch on center? And and the answer to that is no, you do not, just because we're just missing that 24 inch on center with our strength rating. So when you turn it on the diagonal, you can still run on a 16 inch on center. Great question. So if it's on cladding, how much air gap do you need? Yep. Uh, question is so on cladding, how much airspace is needed, and that really design that's dependent on your system. You can take a shiplap and go right against your substrate, over top of your vapor barrier, of course, um, and go right up against it. You know where rain screens uh, are used. There's some there's some great products out there that just offer a uh, a rigid expanded nylon, if you will, that just rolls out, um, then, then your airspace is, is automatic behind it. You would still want your edge spacing uh, on, a, on a rectangular rain screen, but um, it really is the design, uh, depending on the design of what you're trying to achieve. If it's, if it's a rain screen, you know, that's, that's really dependent on what's designed behind it. The minimum typically is a quarter inch that I've seen on products that are available. But as far as a, a shiplap or even a tongue groove and a nickel gap, uh, you can go right up against the, the vapor barrier. Yes, sir. Yeah, great question. We get that asked from, uh, first of all, if, if and I know that all of your clients are super patient. Um, so if, if they're patient enough to let it gray, but if they don't want gray and they want a, a lighter color, there, there are products that can be ordered uh, from Penafin that have varying degrees of shades in them um, that change the, 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 the color slightly. This will take it, yeah. So this will actually, you know, we're, we're, we're recommending natural light penetrating oils that are used on EPE. So we go back to that surface hardness question, uh, or the surface hardness point. You know, EPE is so much more dense than Kebony. And so it's going to take up things like that, those products, much more difficult. So if you're used to working with products like EPE, this is actually going to take it more readily. So. Yes, sir. Standard lengths. Great question. So it's stocked in 10 foot, 12 foot, 14 foot, and 16 foot. So no odd lengths. Um, you can get any length from those. Uh, we like to see people order in even increments of, of those. Um, but yeah, great question. It's stocked in those links right at the Linwood Yard. So the, the clear FSC certified wood, the character grade, is there, is there a story to tell for these people who are calling on our clients that are really concerned about the source of the fire? Yes. The question is, uh, yes, clear grade is, is FSC, but what about character? Does it have a storyline uh, as an FSC product? It is FSC product. Um, it's also a sustainably harvested pine. It's a Scots pine from Scandinavia, very similar to our, well, in this neck of the woods, the Ponderosa pine, very, very similar fiber source. So um, it's, it looks a lot like that. When you drive by the Burke, you'll notice that. But uh, it's an FSC product, so sustainably harvested. And, 
Great question. Yes, sir. Ah, great question. The question is, how do we handle butt joints? I like to tell people to accentuate them. You don't have to, you can butt it tight. It's not gonna grow much on a length or shrink much on a length. Um, but I like to tell people to accentuate them, chamfering the edge at some point. So don't try and hide a joint, accentuate it. I think it makes it look more upscale, more high end in my opinion. And it evens out that look of that joint versus, you know, if you get a slightly bad cut or you know, the woods are slightly on an angle, you know, a joint can, can make it look less attractive. But if, if you just chamfer that edge or just buffer that edge a little bit on the top edge perpendicular to the edges, it kind of accentuates that joint and gives it a, a higher end look, in my opinion. So. Similarly then, so you've got Perpendicular butting, do you need half the quarter inch that you recommend, an eighth? Excellent question. So the question is, if we're picture framing or we're butting up against a parallel edge of the board, do we need half the distance? And the answer is yes. What you're trying to accommodate for is a swelling then of only one side. Um, and, and this, the product is going to swell. Don't think that you have well, I guess I don't have to say that in Seattle. Don't think you have a dry situation that you're not going to have any swell because um, Kebney's designed to swell once it gets installed. So it comes to you at about a 7 to 10% moisture content. Based on the relative humidity of North America, it's going to want to get to about 12 to 14. In Seattle, it's going to want to stretch to that 14. It's never going to get there, but it's going to want to grow to get there. So, great question. Have yes, sir. The question is, has it ever been used on a dock before? On water. On water. And the answer is absolutely. It's actually where the whole thing started. It's not, and the question is, is it going to hurt it? No, it's not going to hurt it. Um, it's actually where it's most magical because if you can imagine being around water, wood is a typical wood is hygroscopic and so it's a wick so when you have heat on one side and moisture on the other side it's going to be the, the moisture is going to be wicked through that organic material that's there and in cavity because it's been changed the behaviors have been changed doesn't doesn't uh, react to that nearly as much as non-modified woods so around water now it can't be used in a in an entirely submerged, ongoing submerged, but a high tide or a, a storm splash or, you know, uh, ongoing occasional water sets don't, don't hurt and don't void the warranty. So it's very good around water. One of, the, one of the key areas that we focus on when we break cabinet into market is an area with lots of water, like Seattle, because it does so well around water. There's no chemical release which you can get from other products. Um, so it's, ecologically, it's a very good choice as well. So the question is, in that environment, is it gonna close that quarter inch gap? Uh, it's, it's gonna close it more than if it was on, uh, on an underside soffit or a covered porch flooring. Yes but it doesn't go tight. If you keep that quarter inch spacing, it does not. It, again, it's, it's gonna to wanna to get to 14%, but it's never gonna get there. So. You also mentioned the character of wood is Scott's pine from Scandinavia reports the radial or the clear? The, the clear grade is radiata. radiata. The question is, uh, what is the clear grade? Clear grade is radiata from New Zealand. So radiata pine? Radiata pine, I'm sorry, yes. So the question is, as a siding use, does it take caulking? And, and the answer is yes. And, and to further that, um, gluing, th this product glues up very well. And you'd think, well, where do I have that I can, that I would ever run into that? Um, as craftsmen, you're, you're probably going to run into that a lot. But if you take an exterior glue like a Type Bond 3 green label, um, it works very, very well with 
uh, Kebony and, and holds and bonds very well, just like a like a PUR would, like a Gorilla Glue, um, but in caulking the same way. So it's uh, you know other areas of gluing might be, you know, we we stock this in a decking. You say, well, what do you do for a railing system? That's a common question asked. Um, a lot of times, especially in your locale here, people have views and so they don't want a big wooden railing system anyway. So cable rail system, taking the decking, wrapping the post with the decking, mitering it, gluing it, um, and, and then running a cable rail system through it is an option. So to that point, is there any plan to bring so the, the, the question is, is there any plans to bring larger dimensions uh, into stock, you know, for railings or benches or, you know, bigger, bigger chunks? Um, and the answer is yes. You know, with any product, we've got to walk before we run, and, and that's really what Dunn's point with this. Let's get it up and running and, and see where the need is. And where the need is, they've, have you know, as you know, uh, they've always addressed the need. So, yes, there would be plans to augment where necessary. <coughs> I'm still fuzzy on the two Kebony clears. One's a SVP, the other's the Radium. Okay. Question is, yeah, the question is uh, clarity on the clear grades. Southern Yellow Pine, SYP versus Radiata Pine. Uh, Southern Yellow Pine is not stocked here. Radiata Pine is what's stocked here. Southern Yellow Pine, um, it, we, we like to see it used in different markets. Uh, so the northeast area of New England, uh, Canada, places like that. But for, for your market, it's not FSC. Southern Yellow Pine is not FSC. Um, for your market where FSC is important, um, this, this wet environment, you know, the, the Kebony Radiata works very well in. So. The, the, one, the question is, what is the one that's stocked here in the samples that you're holding on your table? It's Kebony Radiata. Yep. Yes, Jim. Back to the cutting, um, cutting the head. Do you, you guys recommend doubling choice, or is there any concern with how close a fastener can be to the end in a totally vertical situation for putting them in at angles or their yeah, so the question is where we're abutting we're the boards together at the ends where they're meeting. Um, are we concerned about, you know, do we have to double joist underneath to get that support uh, of the fasteners? And I, I guess I would answer that with um, we don't have any concerns as far as Kebony uh, is concerned. You know, you would want to pre drill those, let's say you're using even a camel system, you'd want to pre drill like with, with any of the fasteners out there with the last three inches of the board. Um, but other than that, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a good practice in general to do that with, with products like this. When I say products like this, products that are going to be there for a long time. This is a very long-term product. And so when we think about using a very long-term product like this, we want to think about all of those things, those good construction practices that are going to last along with it. You know, that's one of the reasons that we don't recommend the clip system with this. You know, we don't know what those clips are going to do in 50 to 75 years. That's how long we think this product's going to last. So double joist as a, as a, for a butt joist is a very good construction practice for a long-term strategy, I think. So, but do you have to? No. I mean, there's plenty of Plenty of girth there to catch the joist. Um, it would just require pre-drilling, of course, on that end butt. So, good question. Yeah, so the question is uh, uh, type of fastener versus a face screwing or a, a camo type. Um, for face screwing, um, with all of our fasteners, we recommend stainless steel. Again, that goes back to it, it, it stain, the galvanized will stain with the tannins in a wood just like cedar will. It'll, it'll create a, dark, a black ring around it. So we, and, 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 you know, going back to that longevity of the product, stainless steel we know is gonna last that long. But, you know, from face screwing, um, it really is a preference. So 
um, if, if you're looking for a, a fastenerless look or hidden fastener look, then the camo system is uh, the one we do recommend. Right. You guys but don't have a recommendation either or? we don't. So you, you can face screw it. Um, some people like the look of that, and um, so we don't have a recommendation either way. We just, in the instance of not face screwing and using a hidden fastener, we recommend to the hid fast in the camo. I really encourage you to, on that note, to, to check out HidFast if you just go to HidFast.com. Um, not just for Kebony, but for all of your, your it's, it's a wicked fast system to install a hidden fastener and you can be used on most, most, most decking products. But it uh, works, works very well on Kebony. So, as well as Camo, just a little slower, in our opinion. Good questions, gang. Very much appreciate it. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. And uh, again, drop your card off if you're interested in more information from samples, uh, from shingle boards to literature, picture books, some of the literature that you see, the bigger literature on, your, on the table. Yes, sir. Do you think someday they might actually come up with a product that can be used for like fascia boards, you know, wider, and things like that? That's one problem up here in Washington we have. Cabled in fascias at the end, they always brought. Yeah, so the question is, uh, someday do we see um, a wider board being produced for fascias? Um, it's possible. The challenge is we're using a clear sap. So we can't have any knots or heartwood. So if you look at a tree in the center of its heartwood and you only can go so far up a tree without getting any branches, to gain something that wide that's, that's the challenge. So what we recommend if people don't want to seam is, we're back to the gluing issue, um, but it is possible to, to make a board look wider without a seam because it does hold such a true edge when you cut it and then re-glue re it. Where's the mill? The mill, okay, so where is this produced? Where is Kebony produced? Currently Kebony is produced in Norway. Great question. So there's a second plant being built in Belgium the third plant will be built in the United States um, to more closely serve on a more efficient level. So the trees have to go all the way from New Zealand to Norway? They do. <laughs> so they go from, the question is, so the trees have to go from New Zealand to Norway uh, and then back to the U.S. market. They do currently. One thing to keep in mind, even though um, you, everybody's probably thinking carbon footprint at this point, um, the, the, the carbon footprint against Clearfeld Ipe is Kebony is a sliver against, and and so Ipe has a similar path, but shipping across water, as you guys know, is much more efficient, um, price-wise and carbon-wise, than it is, you know, with the tires hitting the pavement. And I think of, you know, trying to push a car and, and keep it going on your own versus pushing a boat and keeping it going. Once you get it started, it's an extremely efficient method. So. Because of that, the carbon footprint of even logistics is still small. I can ship a container from Florida to Norway and back the same amount of money I can ship a truck from Florida to Michigan and back. Great question. So the question is, you can, you can preserve the color by uh, uh, using the products we talked about, or you can just let it grow and fade. And most let it go and fade. Uh, and other than general cleaning, you don't have any maintenance. And so the further question to that was, well, then what does it do? How does it weather? And just like any wood, it's still going to check or crack or move. It's just going to do it to a far lesser degree. So with Kebony Clear Radiata, you could expect a similar look to that of an Ipe checking up. Um, so that answers the, the question. Either, even when you seal it or don't seal it. It's still just like Ipe. If you seal it, it's not going to take away those effects. It might help minimize them, but it's not going to eliminate them. So the question is um, uh, related to how does, how does the penetration, how do you get a homogeneous sapwood? It's sapwood, and, and so we're getting a homogeneous modification throughout because it's sapwood, yes. On the character grades where there's a presence of heart and not, 
we aren't getting that penetration into that sap, or excuse me, that heartwood or the knots. So um, that's why it's why, that's why it's profiled prior to the modification. So that when it comes out, it's done. It's a little rougher. It's not near as smooth. Um, but we're not taking when we're remachining it. We're not taking out or off really that modification of the surface, exposing that heartwood. So the question is, uh, would the heartwood and the character grade be more prone to, to rot? And the answer is, compared to the, the modified sapwood of Kebony, yes. But if we think of it in the context of other naturally durable woods that you guys are familiar with, like western red cedar or redwood, what you're using in those trees or out of those trees is the heartwood. It's the dead part of the tree. It's the part that's naturally durable to the same things that we're modifying against, in essence. So those trees, those species, have very dramatic high heartwood contents. And, and so when you're harvesting a cedar or a redwood, you're mostly harvesting the heartwood and utilizing it. And that's why it's naturally durable uh, to the things that we're protecting against with the modification. So even though that there's heartwood there and it's less durable than the modified sapwood, uh, we, we want to keep that encased as much as we can but it's still durable. Still comes with a 30 year warranty. What, what a great question. The question is, is it highly combustible? Seems how we're using alcohol. So just like when, you're, when you cook with alcohol, not that any of you do, uh, it flashes off. So this flashes off during the process. So no, it's actually less combustible than a non-modified wood. It holds a class B fire rating per the ASTM E84. Um, it's a class B, it's, it's one less than a non-combustible class A rating. The question is, if you start your barbecue, you're not going to explode the neighborhood. And no, <laughs> you're not going to. It's going to have a harder time uh, flashing than, than, say, a pressure-treated wood or a cedar or anything like that. So, Very good. Thank you so much for your time and attention this morning. We uh, 